You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hola, World Wide Web. This is Alex. And this is Frank. And we are filmmakers. And we are drinking Cognac Schweppes, Cogn- as they call it. Cognac Schweppes? Yeah. I don't know what the hell that means, but cheers. Cheers. Tastes like Cognac and Schweppes. Yeah. It's a pretty appropriate name there. Yeah. So this is uh, um, also from France. It's regionally, locally. Also, people may not be listening to this in, in order or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, so you just got back from France. On the last episode, we talked about your trip and what cognac is. So go back and reference that if you don't know. Yep, this is a lower grade than previously. Is that what you were describing? Yeah, it's it's not as high quality. It's uh, locally and regionally um, made. So there's there's no brand like I um, has no name, has no proof, has no uh, branding or bottle. We had to bring it back in the. We had to figure out a way to bring it back. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um, sorry, uh, TSA and the uh, federal government. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a local farmer who makes his own. Got it. Cognac. Somehow we don't know how, but it ended up in the United States. Yep. Um, in an unsealed, unmarked bottle. Yep. And now we're drinking it. Yep. And they usually mix it uh, this type of cognac with um, Schweppes that we can't get here, so um, we're using Canada Dry tonic water. Yeah. In its place. I like tonic. Anyway. We can get Schweppes, but they have a different flavor of Schweppes than they usually yeah. mix with this. Schweppes. That makes it taste it's so sweet. Cool, dude. Well, what's been going on since last time? You know what? I'll tell you. Nothing. Because no. we're recording these back to back. We are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. It's, I tell you guys, it, it's hard nowadays for us to get in, actually get in the studio physically together on a regular basis because both Frank and I are, are pretty busy in our individual worlds. Um, especially when I'm out of town or on something or on a feature, yep. damn near impossible. Yeah. So we try to do these, uh, in little blocks and, you know, record back to back. So we have some content as some way to, you know, talk about the goings on and release them incrementally throughout the coming weeks. Yep. So this episode, what I want to talk about is a new camera. New that camera. I tried out. It's not new. It's not brand new. It's been out for a couple of years now. But I finally got my hands on it and tested it out on a music video that I shot up in Columbus. And it's the Panasonic Vericam. Oh. The Vericam 35 and the Vericam LT. So I'd never shot with it before. But the music video, um, uh, I, it, it was an opportunity for me to, to try something new. Kind of a lower risk as far as like we had a little more flexibility with the image and what we wanted to do. So I wasn't trying to match something. It didn't have to be an exact way. Um, and I've always wanted to try this camera. So we did Steadicam was the Vericam 35. And then we had a, the Vericam LT in like a really small configuration. And the entire video was just a girl walking down the street in various different streets and environments. So we do Steadicam take position or you know in a static like leaning up against the wall or sitting on a bench or something like that and i'd you know use the handheld camera and find like flares and cool angles nice so it was awesome yeah yeah you liked it loved it yeah i want to i want to shoot more on it uh i guess i didn't realize that but they shoot the show ozark on the very cam oh yeah and they like you know uh they shoot it like 4300 kelvin every scene day or night 
That's why it has that weird, like cool cast to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see once we get into the grade and everything, we'll see it, see how it handles, but right out of the gate on the monitors and the dailies that I saw, it's great. How does that compare to the Alexa? Uh, hard to say, you know, ones and zeros and like dynamic range and everything without directly comparing them, but it's super pleasing. Highlight roll off is really great. The color reproduction is really great. Skin tones look awesome. Usability, amazing. I mean, they kind of stole, I wouldn't say stole, but the side panels and stuff on the Alexa and the Vericam are very, very similar. You have your white balance, shutter, frame rate, all the, everything that you want right there, one push of a button. Um, it's great. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than it's fantastic and I want to shoot on it again. Yeah. I would actually do a test though and like set up a, a you know, a dynamic range test and, you know, flares and... All sorts of stuff. Has anyone done that yet? Oh, I'm sure. If you go to Vimeo, you can pretty much find anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, speaking of that, have you seen the controversy going on with Vimeo? No. Um, a lot of filmmakers are deactivating their Vimeo accounts and stopping usage because Vimeo, uh, specifically music video directors, Vimeo is uh, has all these like rights violation charges out against them and they're pulling their videos down and after three strikes they're terminating their account so people that actually direct the music videos are getting violations against them and having their accounts deactivated because the video is posted somewhere else too or well because, because technically i guess it's owned by the record label so it'd be like rca or whatever you know rights violation and then whoever directed whatever artist, whatever, say Beyonce's director for whatever, post that video on their personal Vimeo page. Since they directed it, came up with the concept, edited it, whatever, whatever, they're getting it pulled and saying, you don't have the right to post this. It's owned by Warner or whatever. So is it, is it, is it actually Vimeo who's doing it or is that the record label who's? The, I think it's the record label is has given Vimeo the right to enforce it on their behalf. Yeah, but I think it's bullshit because if you're the director and you came up with the concept, you're the artist behind it, how can you not be allowed to display your work? What if your work's for a brand and they don't like they like nix that campaign at the very end stages, but you still want to display your work? And they're like, we don't want this representing our brand. I don't know. That's what contracts are for. But, mm -hmm. you know, usually with commercial work and stuff, there's NDAs and you're not allowed to display. I've, I've had videos that I've shot and I displayed even just stills from them. And the uh, companies came back and said, no, no, you're not allowed to do that. But with music videos, like, what are we taking away from? Really, the thousand people that are going to watch Beyonce's video on Vimeo over YouTube are taking away from the ad revenue? Mm-hmm. Screw off. Like, come on. I think it's crazy. Yeah, so, I, can, I can see that. Yeah, these high-profile directors are now are uh, refusing to use Vimeo, and they're seeking out other services for high-quality video hosting. We had on, um, I forget if it was Mark or Brad, who was talking about they were going to, like the the actual band they were working for was going to let them release the video on their own platform, like on. That was Brad. Yeah. yeah. So they would pull it. You think they would pull it even in that case? No, I, I 
it's only it seems to me it's only being uh, associated with like really high profile art accounts and artists. So like again, the Beyonces, the Jay Zs, the Justin Bieber, stuff like that. But um, I could see that trickling down since it's coming from Vimeo itself. They're you know cracking down and. I mean, I had my my demo reel flagged because I used a mainstream song. Yeah. Even though I put like this is just for demo purposes only, and I'm not making money off this, and I don't know. So you just use the song without. Um, yeah. Oh, totally. Lights. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I like your song. I'm gonna use it in my reel. You should be honored. I see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure it's like not like totally legal, and they might have an issue with it, but yeah. I think we had a um All right, bad example, Frank. <laughs> a music service actually that we interviewed early on in the show. Yeah. That would uh have take issue with take that. Take care of that. No, take care of that uh, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to travel out to Abbey Road Studio. Music bed or something? Yeah, music bed. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Maybe I'll just get a Bart. I'll just get Bart to record something. Pay you bourbon <laughs> he's like yeah fuck i don't drink anymore um yeah it's just weird though the the kind of politics behind all that yeah you're an artist you create something cool you can't display it i own it lawyers getting lawyers get in the way of so many things yeah it'd be fine if they had justification they could say no no okay so you can't do that because the number of views and everything that you're taking away from youtube retracts from or detracts from our earnings based on ad revenue and here's how much that you're taking away mhm would you be fine with them just sending you a bill for the amount you took away no okay i i just don't understand it YouTube sucks at video hosting. Like, it's super low quality comparatively to Vimeo. Um, if artists want a good place to... What, are, what am I supposed to do? Copy the link to the YouTube and, you know, forward it to whatever. I don't know. It's could. just weird. You could. No, you totally could. But I don't know. I just think it's kind of weird. It's kind of odd and inappropriate. Vimeo is all about art and creativity and, you know a place for you to show what you made and now they're being super restrictive. I, I see that it sucks. I know where it's coming from though. Yeah, I don't know. So do I. Yeah. I had a, I had a I video like I did where I sent the, the client like a, a preview link to the video. Yeah. And they shared it with their employees and one of their employees posted it online. Well, you can't do and that. And got a ton of views just for that video and then when they posted the actual finished video like crickets because people had already seen it yep. yeah even though it wasn't finished yep yeah but that's just being a dummy mm-hmm. <laughs> don't post unfinished work are you able to say who this music video was for the one I just did mm-hmm. the one that you just um, talked about yeah it was for uh, an artist named Kaylee Ray and it was actually more or less a, a commercial because it was tied I've done a few of these now uh, for Justice oh, clothing yeah. brand um, uh, a young girl's clothing brand based out of Columbus, Ohio with this production company Elevate Pictures yeah. Was this shot in Columbus? Shot in Columbus yep. cool. all around um, 
yeah, so it should, that should be out in a few months. Uh, but it'll probably go, you know, it's a YouTube video. Uh, and they put an end tag on it and sell clothing based on that. Cool. Yeah. Pretty neat. I'm going to, I'm going to jump ahead and switch to my neat thing for this episode. Do it. Um, you know, there's no format here, Frank. <laughs> Weird. Okay. There's a company called look it L O O K E T. Have you heard of them? No. Okay. So my, my cousin works for a, I'm not sure he wants me to say it or not, but he works for a large department store and, um, for their photo shoots and for their photo shoots for, um, clothing and stuff like that. Yeah. They, they build out all these studios and stuff like that. And what they do is now they have these basically mannequins that they go and, and take photos of the clothing. They take various angles, various poses and then look at is the company um, is a company overseas that has um, like a three D model, like a three D model yeah. that they implant, like they replace that mannequin with. So you can like turn it around and see how it looks from the front and the back. But also, it just replaces like instead they used to use models, human being. Yeah, yeah. They used to use real humans, and uh, yeah, humans are being phased out, Frank. Yeah, this is this is my theme for this year. Yeah, we're last year's model. Is that robots? And automation's taking over the world. Taking over the world. I will, um, I see your neat thing, and I'll raise you one more neat thing. Okay. Uh, A robot that does all the stunt work. We've talked about it, I think. Yep. The Disney one? But that is actually real now. They were talking about developing that, and I just saw the, like, first footage of that, like, in use at, like, Disney parks. That's going to happen on set soon enough. Mm Mm-hmm. To where you have a week of prep to rehearse this move and this stuff, and rather than putting people's lives at risk, you now just fine-tune the springiness of the robot's legs as it jumps off a building or whatever. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yep. Scary. Mm-hmm. Putting lives at risk slash cutting cost, whichever, whichever you prefer. Some people like putting their lives at risk, Frank. Mm-hmm. You ever think about that? I do. Are you, here's the, here's the, I guess, main question with all of this automation and robots taking over and androids and AI, are you okay with it? I don't know how I feel about it. I'm, I don't know if I'm okay with it, but I know it's going to happen. I know there's nothing at all, at all. Even if I had one, like last episode or whenever this one airs, the episode where we were talking about the $1.6 billion lottery. Yeah. Even if I won that, there's nothing I can do to stop. It's inevitable. The automation and robots from... The end of days. Taking over. Terminator. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. T-1000. Nothing you can do. We talked about... <clears throat> so this started off this year with uh, Tacotron. Yeah. And, you guys remember Tacotron? Yeah. And so I went... When we were in France, we went to this somewhat weird amusement park called Futuroscope. Whoa. And um, a lot of the... Um, dialogue and voices and narration, especially like generated. If you, if you got like the like uh, little packs that translate the stuff going on for sure. you, was automated. Wow, you're like, hey Alexa, tell me a story. Yeah. Damn it, I was looking in the booth at Bart and it didn't light up. Oh, <laughs> uh, you gotta hit the button, Alexa, tell me a story. 
The hunt. Oh, no way. Darkness surrounded her. The vast emptiness of the ocean stretched in all directions. She was limitless, yet she had only one goal in mind. Holy shit. The water glided smoothly across her sandpaper skin as she waved her fin back and forth. All right, just keep this going for another 15 minutes. I want to hear how it ends. Um, Stuff like that, dude. Uh, AI, I think that's going to bleed over not into just um, like production or stunts or any of that, but I think the actual writing Mm -hmm. and the the, uh, prep, you know, of of the content itself. Yeah. They're going to be telling the stories. They're going to be making, you know, and actually physically doing the work. Mm-hmm. We're just enjoying. Yep. That's weird. We're taking a back seat, buddy. Mm-hmm. The, um, you, you and Brandon talked about VR um, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And at Futuroscope, they had a, a lot of, like, it was this weird, like, type of science museum slash amusement park uh-huh. type of thing. It was large, like an amusement park would be but a lot of it was like science and earth related um but one of the one of the the very first thing we did was this ride that was a, a rally car race and it had vr goggles and like a motion controlled seat i haven't been to an amusement park since 2003 or 4 mm. so i don't know what they are now but like that like everything was like a, a 4d theater or something like that sure yeah type of thing and i mean that's a whole discussion for later but um that it was a VR goggles and you can look around the car and stuff while you're driving around like that, I think is an awesome use for VR. I don't think to add on to your discussion of two years ago or whatever, I don't think they're going to have really more than one or two movies and stuff that are made in that format. I no, don't. I think in a broader scope though, the, the whole VR revolution, um, that's definitely where things are going. People nowadays I'll be very blunt. People are very lazy. Nobody wants to leave their house. Nobody wants to go talk to anybody. They hate conflict. 90% of people nowadays would love to sit in their freaking lazy boy, throw on a headset, and all of a sudden be in Cabo or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's the way things are. So amusement parks, thing of the past. Those are going to start dying off. Movie theaters, thing of the past. They're already dying off. People want to be at home in their little comfortable bubble. And just throw on a headset. Yeah. Right? The, this type of stuff is... Sorry. Is, Grandpa Elkins is coming out. Yeah. Is what is... Like the amusement park experience I had when I was in France. It was like, oh, this is neat. But at the same time, I, I do think... Like oh, we were talking neat. about Good with, with... Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with what we were talking about with Tacotron was like, it's a, it's a type of a cancer. But like I can see like the amusement parks like... We don't have to build this huge roller coaster. We don't have to Going pay dark. for the maintenance and stuff like that. Yeah. We can just build this a box. You know, put these robot chairs in there. Sure. Program whatever content we want to yeah. on it, and it's cheaper and blah blah blah. But like that's that's good for your short term, but your long term is like you can get it at your house now. Yeah, and just wait until you get a brain implant that simulates the sense of motion. You don't need a chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You just feel like you're floating or flying or racing. Yeah. I, but I still don't see that feature films are going to be shot that way. Like, except for your, like... I don't know, man. I don't... If, here's the other thing. Hardcore Harry, uh, Henry yeah, but type of things. Look at what's happened over the last few years where people constantly need input and stimulation and likes and comments. And if you carry that over into film, as the general population gets more and more used to stimulation... And like engagement and all that stuff. 
if all the content they're seeing on Instagram, YouTube, everywhere, Facebook is all VR and they're constantly like, whoa, this is fucking cool. Then you ask them to sit down for an hour and a half and watch a two people talk at a dinner table. I think there's going to be a, a desire and like a want and a need. And the audience is going to push that, that feature filmmakers are now going to find, have to find new ways to engage the audience and make them go, wow. I don't see that that's actually filming then. I think it's more like a game, uh, game engine. Oh, totally. No, I'm, I'm well aware that my job is, ex- going, you know, borderline, it's extinct. I think most things in the foreseeable future is it's all going to be done on the computer. It's all going to be CG. Maybe I get hired on as a lighting consultant and I go, well, no, here in real life, here's where the sun would be. And here's how it would look going through haze. And, you know, if I were to shoot this, this is where I would put things. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just think that's the way it's going. People are, people need a wow. They need a stimulus. And I just think the 2d widescreen people talking thing which is what I love to do, may be endangered. Could be. You know, may, uh, I, guess I think people thought that and said that same thing with 3D when it first came out. When was that, like 50s? Mm-hmm. Way back in the day. Died off. I mean, it died off hard. And then kind of made a resurgence with the whole Avatar thing. Yeah. Died off again. And now it's kind of coming back in a different way with the whole VR deal. People are trying to find a new way to tell stories. I think I don't think storytelling is going away yeah. at all, ever, never will. But people need to find a new way to do it. And I think that could be VR. I, I do see long-term movies and video games merging, where the, the movie experience is choose-your-own-adventure yeah. type of thing. Exactly, because people want a choice. They want to have control. Um at least I do. I don't know. Maybe some people are cool with like the just being shown and told. But I love video games. Yeah. Even in the even in the uh, that VR rally um, ride that I did, they directed you where to look like during a it. Trump like rally you, ride. You, you could. <laughs> you could you look wherever that? you wanted to. What? God, VR mega. <laughs> anyway. So you could look where you wanted to go. You could look wherever you wanted to go, but like the the way the ride and the story yeah. was generated, like they had certain points that you they wanted you to look at. So sure. they kind of still try to force or dictate where you looked. But yeah, I mean that's and that's I think how it would go with blocking and staging and okay, the action's happening. You can look over there at the fucking wall if you want to, but you know Billy and and, and Betsy are talking over there. So if yeah. you want to see the story unfold, like. Boom. And that, I mean, that brings up the point, like, why, why film the wall if there's nothing to see there? You know? For choice. Choice. To, I don't know, a more immersive world, you know. I'm going to watch my feet the whole time. Potentially, you know, if, you know, if I'm feeling it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that's the way things are going, though, is choice and, you know, letting the viewer decide. People are ADD. If I'm looking at, you know, I'm having trouble looking at you. I want to look at the wall. Give them so, an option. <laughs> Real quick, I just wanted to let the I mean, um, the viewers know that um, this might be our first actual, we've kind of hinted at it at the beginning huh. of the year, our first actual commuter-friendly length episode. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if you have like a really short commute. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're we're trying to lean more towards that length, right? So some of the episodes have been hour, hour and a half, almost two hours in some of them, right? There's been one. Yeah, yeah. a little too long. Yeah. So we're trying to keep it in the 30 to 40 range. Yeah. But this one might actually be, we're kind of capped at 30 for this one, so. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe. probably going to happen. Um, yeah. What else? Any any cool tidbits, things that you've... Uh, we we went dark there for a second. We Sorry, did. like I'm, I'm kind of like taken aback. The the that death wasn't... the death of cinema is should be the title of the episode. Yeah, I didn't think that's where we're going with this one. Yeah, make cinema cool. great again. <laughs> um, who did you vote for? Sorry, go ahead. You know, I don't know because I haven't. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't researched it yet. Yeah, this is me speaking in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. We don't know who won yet either. Yeah, I wonder if we're back on iTunes yet. <laughs> I hope we're back on iTunes at least. Yeah. That the world will be okay if we're back on iTunes. It will. It'll all be good. Um, anything coming up for you? No, dude, I got nothing. Um, from the last episode, you know, I got three commercials in the works right now. I'm waiting on another movie. Um got the baby on the way now next thing on my list like my personal list of things to do um in terms of filmmaking is to test more cameras and lenses so i i really want to get my hands on the sony venice because now we're in this kind of full frame craze uh where you have the lf and you know the monstro sensor with red and um Venice is the way to go. And if there are a lot of DP cinematographers that I look up to are stepping away from Alexa, which sounds weird, and going to the Sony Venice because hmm. they find the image more pleasing and just different. 500 ASA camera or du- dual ISO, so it's 500 and 2500. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, better colors. How's the menu? More like an Alexa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just a variant. I think, again, with people being ADD and uh, wanting choices and decisions, in terms of gear, nowadays we have more choices than ever before. With this, you know, with digital, you can go any different route and you kind of have to, uh, to, you know, steal a term from Shane Hurlbut, use each digital sensor as your uh, celluloid, your, your, your film stock. Do you find that liberating or confining? liberating in every sense um i can i can choose a camera based on a project's you know feel not be and it's not necessarily because of budgetary limitations like they're all kind of in the same ballpark and the projects that i'm getting nowadays it's more like what does the pro the project need visually does it need a dirty image, a clean image? You know, especially with lenses nowadays, we have all sorts of options. With anamorphics, they're bringing back vintage glass and rehousing them. You know, sky's the limit. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. What about you? Um, coming up. Other than what I talked about last time, <clears throat> not much coming up except... Like I said, the the lawyer things might be going through, uh-huh. um, doing like a promo video for um, a marketing company. Tossing around the idea of doing a music video. Would this be your first one? Mm, it'd be my first one in years. In years, yeah. Yeah. 
So is this so when you're doing a music video like this, are you seeking out an artist in order to do that, or do you have somebody I'm, come I'm, meet you? I'm friends with um, a guy who used to be signed with Virgin, yeah, um, Records. That like he's he's talked several times about me shooting a video for him. That might happen, or it might not. If it doesn't, then I'd be seeking out like a specific sound or something or cool. some, a concept. Awesome. And going to somebody for that just to kind of put that in a, like a, a portfolio type of thing where it's I can a good creative outlet. Get yeah. more. You're not more of that money on it. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not worried about making money on this this first yeah. one. So just since it's been so long <clears throat> since I've shot a music video, cool. broaden your horizons. Yeah. Um, stuff I've done um, since we last. Since two times ago we talked, um, I, I gripped a GE shoot, um, gripped a, a shoot in Columbus for this like car organization. Can't, I'm Stepping not sure out of the else. producer's chair to, to, yeah. to grip. Yeah. Good for you. Getting yeah. your hands dirty. Yep. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, and we might or might not have a new website by now. We'll see. I'm cool. working on that. Good. Yeah, we're, we're trying to make it easier for you guys to get in contact with us to find all the episodes and links to things that we talk about. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sniffling. My sinuses are all screwed up here. Uh, but that's that's kind of our... We're in this phase with FDB right now where we're retooling everything and kind of making it a little more user-friendly and yep. streamlined. Uh, so kind of just stay tuned for all these changes. We're, we'll be rolling them out uh, throughout the end of this year and kind of early into next year. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah and thanks for sticking on through us. Um, with us through this mm-hmm. kind of transition. Um, it'll, it'll be worth your while. We promise. Sure. Um, All right, dude. Well, as, as always, uh, listeners, uh, like and comment and review at FTB podcast on any social that you can think of. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back on iTunes shortly. And, and if you, you like know? the way we sound, uh, remember, thanks to the, the folks at Gwen sound. Um, and uh, we're Alex and Frank encouraging you to shoot footage but sip, sip bourbon. There you go. I'm going to try to make that our tagline. <laughs> shoot footage but sip bourbon. All right. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast is produced by Frank Steele and recorded live at Gwyn Sound Studio. Find out more at GwynSound.com.